Hello, Marvelites. Welcome to episode number 77 of This Week in Marvel, the official Marvel podcast of news, information, new releases, and um, Don King-esque little hats on our recorders, because <laughs> that's what I'm looking at. I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Marvel's Agent M Executive Editorial Director for our digital media group, joined by... Ben Moore, editor of Marvel.com, and we have with us, once again, our intern. Elaine Gomez. Yes, for the final time. Really? Is it? No, almost, so. <laughs> no. I was just jumping again. That's fine. You're no. going to get fired after this I knew. One. I knew <laughs> it wasn't her final time. I yeah. just wanted to have some fun. All right. Uh, speaking of fun, we're going to get into new comics this week, then uh, digital and print. We're going to talk about new information for TV and movies and video games and comics and news and then questions and comments from you guys. I think we'll dive right into things with comics this week with Age of Ultron number six. This is the uh, the first issue with the new artist team, the crazy tons of superstar artists we got on this book. Brian Michael Bendis is the writer, but we've got Brandon Peterson and Paul Mounts on the uh, art for the present part of the story, and then Carlos Pacheco with Roger Martinez and Jose Villarubia in the past. Uh, so there's all kinds of craziness. Wolverine and Invisible Woman have traveled to the past to take care of Hank Pym. That's what they think they're going to do. Or at least that's what Wolverine wants to do. All kinds of fun antics going on in this issue. Uh, we get to see a really young-ish Nick Fury in the Savage Land, which is there's a great little scene with him. Uh, Carlos Pacheco, man, there's this. I'm looking at right now a spread where you've got Dragon Man laid out on the table and uh, Hank Pym just sort of hanging out, thinking and brooding and being mopey jerk that he is. Yeah. On our last uh, Age of Ultron podcast, which just went up this past week, Tom told some great stories about working with Carlos back on Avengers Forever, which was a treat, and yep. how he imitates Carlos's accent Uh-oh. and became known for doing it, and then one day Carlos called him and uh, explained to him that Jeff Loeb had told him that he does the greatest Carlos Pacheco impression of all time, and demanded to hear it on the spot, <laughs> and Tom said, uh, things have never been the same since. Oh, well, that's what he gets. Uh, yeah, and you know, I was looking at this art and thinking, man, I love it, and Avengers Forever, I mm-hmm. need to go back and reread it. It's going to be one of the things I put on my unlimited read list soon. Uh, and then, in the present... They got the rest of the team, the squad that Captain America and Nick Fury are leading, trying to take down Ultron, and just, let's just say, nothing really goes as, uh, according to plan, as anyone in this issue expects I like it to. that there's a Wolverine-Giant-Man fight in this issue, because yeah. that's one of those fights between two Marvel mainstays I've never pictured, but it was really fun. Um, the way Wolverine is just kind of his savage brawling tactics play off against a guy who's just really, really big. Yeah. Um, it was a totally good. depressing fight. To, like, it was yeah. a great fight, a great scene, but Wolverine's like, basically Wolverine's like, I don't want to do this, but yeah. I have to do this. Yeah. And Giant Man's like, why are you doing this? Who yeah. are you? Oh my God, Sue Storm, why are you letting this happen? Yeah. And Pacheco draws the hell out of it. Oh, so man. He does a great job. Mm-hmm. All right, from one crossover to another, we have got... Astonishing X-Men number 61, which is the penultimate installment of Extermination. Written, script by Marjorie Liu, but the story is also with David Lapham and Greg Pak. We have an army of artists to tackle this book, led by Matteo Bufagni. We've also got Renato Arlem, Clebs de Mora, Raul Valdez, and Carlos Cuevas. Uh, all telling the story of 
the exterminated, the extreme X-Men, and the astonishing X-Men coming together in one last final ditch effort to repel these interdimensional invaders who we learn more about this issue. We learn their celestial origins. We see Nightcrawler from Age of Apocalypse kind of step up to the plate a little bit, and we start to get a hint on what the fate of the Age of Apocalypse universe might be. Over to Cable and X-Force number seven. I just got to say I love this cover. We got this totally ridiculously like super buff Cyclops. I love him. He looks so badass with a text that just says, Daddy's home. It's like, whoa, what's going to go on? And then the story is inside. It's great because Cyclops is like, look, Nathan, you could punch a cat in the face and I will still love you. You could kick a baby over uh, like the Empire State Building and I will still love you. Cyclops has got love in his yeah, heart, guys. Those are not actual lines of dialogue from the issue. They should be. Dennis Hopeless, I'm going to get him on the horn and be like, you got to put this in your next comics book. And uh, so there's all kinds of antics in this. You've got Domino uh, and Colossus dealing with some stuff together. And you've got Boom Boom, who is in this Boom tiny little bikini. Yeah. I don't know how that stays on. The physics of that bikini are fascinating to me. And I'm glad they do, because this book is rated... Whatever it's rated, do we have not? We don't have ratings anymore. Yeah, it's on the here. Let me. It's on the inside. Nope, it's right there. Parental advisory. Oh well, hey, that bikini I guess could have come off, but it didn't because that's not what I we do. Still don't think it can come off. Anyway, parental advisory. Uh, there's a there's a really cantankerous mean alien in mm-hmm. this. Uh, you've got some fun stuff between Forge and Doctor Nemesis. I love this book. This is this is this is a fun issue. Uh, nice parallel. Moving along, fathers, sons, all that sort of stuff. Captain America, number six, written by Rick Remender, art by John Romita Jr., inks by Tom Palmer, Klaus Jansen, and Scott Hanna. That's a great inking squad and Dean White on colors. Continuing Cap's travails in Dimension Z, Cap has been left for dead by Arnim Zola and his kids, Jet Black and Ian, who Steve Rogers raised. So Steve Rogers with his crazy beard and his patchwork Captain America outfit storms Zola's base determined to get his son back get more about Jet Black who is a very interesting character the adult or 20 something daughter of uh, Arnab Zola who's grown up and just this fierce warrior but is starting to feel things for the very first time get Arnab Zola trying to convince Ian that he is his true father Captain America's bad person and you got two great stories. One is Cat just beating the holy hell out of these monsters and these mutates that Zola's surrounding himself by. Nermita does a great job drawing. And at the same time, Zola just trying to break Ian. It's really heartbreaking. Um, a lot of emotional stuff in here. A lot of great action, too. Just a mashup of Rick Remender goodness. Jet Black has parental advisory feelings for Captain America. But this is a rated T book, so exactly. you can't fully express them. Mm-mm. Over to Captain Marvel, number 12. And I think Kelly Sue and uh, Christopher Sabela, the writers of this book, are just trying to kick Captain Marvel while she's down. Mm-hmm. Kick her over and over and over again. And uh, it's, it's an entertaining comic, but man, I love Carol Danvers. She is just not having an easy time of it these days in this book. Uh, it's a real fun issue. Big problems on the horizon for Cap, and we'll see where that goes. And there's a big crossover event coming yes, for her, too. the Enemy Within. Yeah. All right, Daredevil number 25, written by Mark Wade, art by Chris Samney, color art by Javier Rodriguez. A fantastic issue of a fantastic book. You know, it's an award-winning series, 
We really don't have to sell this one, but we try to give it a little boost anyways. Uh, Daredevil, Matt Murdock has been dealing with his best friend, Foggy Nelson, contracting cancer. Takes a little break from here to deal with his other big problem, that being that there is a mystery foe who has basically been plaguing him for the last 25 issues, sending other bad guys after him, and staring him in plots. Uh, there is this great panel I'm looking at right now that Chris Samney draws where he basically breaks the panel into four smaller little shards that demonstrate the different super senses, uh, picking up on some stuff Paulo Rivera and Marcos Martin laid down. But that kind of art is just throughout this book. We get a new bad guy for Daredevil named Ikari, which is Japanese for Fury. He's dressed in this kind of mismatch of a Japanese... Uh, fighting outfit and Daredevil's original costume, plus he's got Battling Jack Murdoch's old boxing robe, and these two just go at it. Beautifully drawn, expertly written, two guys who, it's, it's, not, a, it's not a blowout, it's a back and forth fight. Daredevil uses all his skills, all his powers, all his senses, and Mark Wade just explains it to you as you go, how he's doing all this, but Akari's got more than we realize up his sleeve. Uh, we had a nice flashback to Stick, who I always love to see. Speaking <laughs> cantankerous old dudes. Love them. Um, just phenomenal. Just the perfect marriage of art and writing, which is what you want to see in a great comic. And I, we talk often on this podcast about how we know most things that are coming up in Marvel. And that can be a blessing and a curse. I do not know who the Daredevil mystery foe is. Um, and I feel like we've had false reveals a few times. And I've been super excited every time. I'm. This is like one of the things I most want to know right now in comics. So I am rabid for this series right now. And just a great issue to celebrate what a fantastic book this has been. So it's appropriate that it's not officially an anniversary issue, but you know, it is the 25th issue and that means something and they, they celebrate it right. You want me to tell you who it is? No. It's the Impossible Man. Please don't tell me who it is. Over to Daredevil, End of Days, number seven, the penultimate issue of this limited series. Uh, another great one. It's just there's so much going on in this. You've, there's a great scene with ninjas uh, and and Phil uh, Ben Yurick in this, which is like, oh, and then it goes on to some all kinds of crazy stuff. Giant rooftop battle, very classic Daredevil stuff, uh, and Punisher's involved, and it's just madness. Everything is just bullets and arrows and explosions and death and madness and punching and punching and punching. It's a lot of fun. And... The mystery looks like it will be solved. Yeah, it's coming closer. That's another mystery I'm really curious. There's yeah. a lot of Daredevil mysteries out there that I am really anticipating. New series, Daredevil Mysteries. Daredevil Mysteries. Dark Avengers, number 189, under this great Joe Canonis cover with uh, Dark Scarlet Witch kissing some sailor as Trickshot looks on. This scene does not take place anywhere in the comic, um, but it's a great cover. The Dark Avengers are still trapped in another dimension where all the superheroes are at war. They're all crazy. Jeff Parker wrote it. Neil Edwards drew it. Uh, we get some stuff with Ragnarok this issue. The team is starting to come back together as they're going to have to make a final stand against these evil, horrible versions of the heroes that we know. Over to Iron Man number 8 by Kieran Gillen, Greg Land, Jay Lyston, and Guru FX. It's Iron Man, Tony Stark, well... Tony Stark without the Iron Man armor at first versus Death's Head in uh, Punch Fest, <laughs> which is not very even because Death's Head is like a 30-foot-tall cyborg and Tony is a dude with a fake heart. 
and so they fight. That said, makes a good point as to why it is a fair fight in some ways. Yeah, they were all just machines made by other machines. It's Mm -hmm. a great line. I love it. But still, come on. It's like me having to face Mm Strami in uh, an arm wrestling contest. It's not. It's not okay. I'm gonna get my butt kicked. Mm. He's too much man. Anyway, we've got uh, crazy stuff as Tony tries to escape from this gladiatorial world, the uh, the tear, the Voldy tear, and then things get super crazy, and we've been talking about them a lot lately. The Celestials show up. Yeah, man, Celestials are everywhere. I want them at my next birthday party. Mm. I come over, <laughs> they probably bring great snacks. Yep, Celestial dip. Is known the galaxy over. Sure is. Nova number three, written by Jeff Loeb, pencils by Ed McGinnis, inks by Dexter Vines, colors by Marte Garcia. Beautiful book, continuing the nascent journey of Sam Alexander. With the end of the last issue, encountered the Watcher. We get the resolution of that here. And Sam, headed back to Earth, has a confrontation with his mom. Not a confrontation, a conversation. It's not at all a confrontation. I don't know why I went there. And Sam determining, all right, I've got these powers that my dad gave me. I'm starting to come to terms with them. I need to figure out what I'm doing. And the rest of the issue is Rocket Raccoon and Gamora. Classic 80s training montage. There would be some awesome song playing if this were a movie. uh, Showing Sam Alexander how to do stuff. Being mean to him. Kicking him around a lot. Sam's great. He's got this great attitude of uh, smarminess one second and then just obliviousness the next. Uh, a lot of a lot of his characterization from the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon carries through, and then we find out who the big bads are in this comic, and that'll definitely be something interesting for folks who have followed Marvel on other media platforms. And then finally, we end the issue with a pretty big, scary cliffhanger. Um, very good book, continuing to just excel. Did you talk about the uh, little smirk on the Watcher's face in the beginning? No, I did not. I love that. There's a little smirk on the Watcher's it's face. It's so yeah. great. <laughs> oh, it's those little touches. Savage Wolverine number four, written, drawn, conceived, loved by Frank Cho. We've got Amadeus Cho, Wolverine, and Shauna the She-Devil in the Savage Land fighting monkeys. There's a great Wolverine monkey fight here. and Apes. Giant apes. Sorry. Wolverine apes fight where, you know... Frank Show, if there's a few things he loves to draw, one of them is certainly apes. Loves the apes. So him having Wolverine there, Shauna gets, uh, something happens to her after she was seemingly dead last issue, and Amadeus Cho gets a nice one-liners off, and at the end of the issue, we have another major power player show up, and things are still amiss in the Savage Land. Beautiful book, and a lot of fun, too. Over to Superior Spider-Man, number eight, written by Dan Slott. Art by Umberto Ramos. This is it, guys. A V S M V V S. A V S M. A was it A V S M? Yeah, no, you got or it. Or is it A V S S M? Nope, you're overthinking mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I probably am. Anyway, Avengers versus Superior Spider-Man here, and uh, you've got the throwdown that you've all been waiting for, and it goes sort of how you expect it to go. Spidey, come on, he's good. He's superior. <laughs> But he's not that good. And uh, so they throw down, things go a certain way, and there's some interesting turn of events in a number of ways here. Then flip over to Cardiac, the villain that we love, we've been talking about for the last couple of issues. And uh, there's a really cool change to how the, the Cardiac Spider Man relationship goes in this issue. And I thought 
I really enjoyed the dynamics and some of the things that went on here. And then, right at the end, boom, gut punch for all the readers in this series. Oh, yeah. Big stuff coming. Yeah. Over to Thunderbolts number eight. Man, a lot of number eights. Mm-hmm. Like, well, a lot of things launched in the same month. Right. So. That's true. Yeah. Third number eight of the of the episode. Uh, written by Daniel Way. Amazing, amazing art by Phil Noto. Great colors by Guru FX. And it's Thunderbolts, Mayhem, Explosions, Death, uh backstabbing, double-crossing, all kinds of good stuff, and Deadpool gets shot in the head. In the head. Ultimate Comics Wolverine number 3, written by Colin Bunn, pencils by David Messina, inks by Gaetano Carlucci with Gary Erskine, and colors by Javier Tartaglia. This is a fun book to read the credits page on, (laughs) let me tell you. Jimmy Hudson learning more about his past, specifically this issue. We flash back to how his mom and dad met. You know his dad's Wolverine. Find out who his mom is in this issue, and in the course of that, find out he has a brother, and it, unfortunately for him, is Ultimate Quicksilver, who is the jerk of jerks and does some horrible things in this issue and forces Jimmy to start making choices about what kind of a man and what kind of a hero he is going to be. Venom number 34, written by Colin Bunn, art by Declan Shalvey, colors by Lee Lorridge. I've been praising a lot lately online Declan Shalvey and how he is the most underrated artist I think we have right now. I think he is just phenomenal. Does a great job of taking stuff like in this issue, it's basically a fight between Venom and Toxin, two alien creatures who are completely, you know, not, you wouldn't see anything like this in the real world, but he has this way with his style of grounding it, just with the sharp lines he uses, with the colors that Lorridge contributes, that it looks like you're looking out your window at this, you know, dark alley and these two crazy-looking alien creatures are fighting. So, much props to Declan Shalby. I'm really loving him on this book. And Colin Bunn's giving him great stuff to work with. It's these two symbiotes going at it. We've got some of the science experiments have been running around Philadelphia getting involved as well. And then at the end of the issue, uh, a shift in alliances may be coming as some uninvited guests show up. Over to Wolverine and the X-Men, number 27 AU. It's the Age of Ultron tie-in for the series. And it focuses on Wolverine and Invisible Woman going back in time. So read Avengers, uh, read Age of Ultron, number 6, first. Uh, and you'll, you'll be caught up. This takes place within those pages. It takes place probably in the first third of that issue, but uh, it adds a whole bunch of different wrinkles that you wouldn't have known about um, if you hadn't read it. And it's cool. They, uh, the, the characters talk about the butterfly effect, keeping a small footprint in the past mm-hmm. so they don't change anything. Yeah, no, that doesn't. that's not what happens. They go crazy and change a whole bunch of things. So there's a really interesting moment with uh, some brood that I won't say anything more about, but that was really cool. And uh, it's, it's interesting to see the exact moment in time where they land. And you can see that both between Age of Ultron number 6, I'm sure there was a Dragon Man uh, story that you can pinpoint for the old Avengers comics. Oh, yeah. And this is definitely... I, I don't know the numbers, but I know when this takes place. Yeah. It's legit. It's pretty cool. And oh. it's written by Matt Kent, yes. who uh, did a lot of great indie comics. We'll be doing more for us in the near future. Very cool. X-Factor number 254, written by Peter David, art by Leonard Kirk. We are into part five of the Hell on Earth War. X-Factor is running all over the place trying to resolve this crazy war between Hell Lords and Demons. Uh, They're coming up with some solutions that work for some of the group, not all of the group. Great showdowns between some of the Demons here, like Mephisto versus Satanish. 
Hela gets in on some of the action, uh, going against Asmodeus, and Mephisto really gets a chance to shine in this issue, which is always a lot of fun. Uh, Madrox is still a demon. Strong guy is being a jerk, fighting with Monet. Too much to really cover here. Read the issue. Read the whole story. Read the whole series. Read 20 years of Peter David. Won't be disappointed. All right, over to X-Men Legacy number nine for our feel-good finale of the week. Written by Cy Spurrier, amazing pencils by Tang and Quat, inks by Craig Young, and colors by Jose Villarubia. And uh, it's Legion and Blindfold on a date on the moon. Everything is great. Mm-hmm. No, nope. everything goes horribly wrong, and it depressed me in the best way possible because it was a really entertaining read. Man, Cy Spurrier... He does crazy really well, he does uh, quirky really well, and here he shows how good he is with emotional and personal and relationship stuff. i got to ask somebody, I may go ask Daniel Ketchum right after this, but I think that creature they encounter on the moon may be the Golden Age Vision. I know he's called Arcus in this, but I yeah. think that was the Vision's real name. Huh. Um, it just sent something up. I remembered from reading uh, Avengers Invaders. So that's cool. He looks, yeah. I looking it, at him, I, I can it, see that. I think it might be that character, which I don't know why they didn't call him the Vision. Um, so I could be completely wrong. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll get Golden Age Mysterio sometime. Oh God! Can only can. hope. Only hope. Twin of the week. I always start with Elaine. <laughs> why me? Because. <laughs> We're switching things up, and it's your, it's your well, last podcast. Well, I like—I uh, don't know. Cool. Terrific. I would, say, I would say Daredevil just because you said ninjas, and I like ninjas. So Daredevil End of Days? Daredevil yes. End of Days. That's the ninja book. Because I would say Daredevil, far and away, my, my Tomb of the Week. Not far and away. It's never far and away. We have so many great books. But, man, I love Daredevil. This Get week. ready for it. Uh-oh. I'm also with you on Daredevil. So... Could have been a uh, yeah. We don't have any clean sweeps, but that speaks to how great Daredevil twenty five yeah. was. And if you're like Elaine and like ninjas, <laughs> you can read Daredevil End of Days. A lot of great books this week, though. Definitely yeah. recommend you check them all out. In addition, our collections on sale this week are Age of Apocalypse Volume Two in trade paperback, Avengers Volume One, Avengers World hardcover. That is the first Jonathan Hickman arc, Avenging Spider Man: Threats and Menaces in trade paperback. Iron Man 2020 in trade paperback, Marvel Masterworks Incredible Hulk hardcover, Scarlet Spider Volume 2, and the final X-Men Legacy trade, I believe, from the previous series is now in trade paperback. All right. Over to digital comics released on the app. In in addition to what we've already talked about, uh, we've got Amazing Spider-Man number 171, filling in a, a gap there. Generation X, the first four issues which are awesome to reread. Marvel Universe, The End, numbers one through six, which I did not expect us to put up, but that's great. That's a fun mm-hmm. series by Jim Starlin. Nova, numbers one through 12 from the original series. Ben is super excited about that half stuff. Half the book. Half good stuff. Half so, the book. John Buscema art, Marvel Wolfman writing. You get to meet guys like Diamond Head and the Sphinx and the Condor and Powerhouse. Right, all Nova the, has such a great rogues gallery that's just all the rotting the on the vine, man. Diamond, Diamond Head. Diamond Head you, and Cobdor. You got Diamond Head, but it's not like he's a snake-themed villain. He's literally a guy with a diamond for a head. It's oh, such great stuff. It's a villain called... He was in the Point One issue. He was in the Point One, one uh, issue. Yeah. Marvel now Point One. Yeah, I got to see Ed McGinnis around. That was awesome. There, there was a guy called Mega Man. 
who was not the video game character. Well, yeah, he predates the video game character exactly. by we, a good we, eight years. We own that. Oh, so much goodness in those that first Nova series. Nice. So in addition to that, we've got Uncanny X-Men issues 316 through 318 and X-Men 36 through 37. The collection's on sale on the app this week. Age of Apocalypse Volume 1, The Exterminated, Annihilation Conquest Book 2, Avengers Academy, Second Semester, Avengers by Brian Michael Bendis, Volume 3. Again, Avengers Volume 1, Avengers World, so that's available both print and digitally this week. Ultimate Comics Hawkeye by Jonathan Hickman, and X-Men The End, Book 3. Nice. All right, over to Marvel Unlimited. Lots of new stuff this week. We've got Captain Marvel, number 5, and Hawkeye, number 3, from their current series. Marvel Now, point one, which we were just talking about. Huge. How crazy is that? Because I hadn't even looked at that. I was just bringing that up. Marvel Zombies Halloween, number one. That was a great issue. That was from last year. That was Fred? Fred Van Lente. Fred Van Lente. Yeah, it was a great one. Uh, New Avengers, number 30. Secret Avengers, 26 through 28. The Mighty Thor, 13 through 16. Mighty Thor Annual, number one. Uncanny X-Men, number 20. Venom, 26. Wolverine and the X-Men, 9 through 13. And X-Men Legacy, 266 through 267. Whole lot of good stuff. All right, we're going to kick it over to Stromy for some West Coast stuff. Hello there this week in Marvelite. So this is Marvel.com Associate Editor Mark Strom coming to you from a a rather blissful Los Angeles. The temperature is just right these days. It's like around a nice like high 70s, low 80s, like mid 70s sometimes. Anyway, that's your Los Angeles weather update for the week. And moving on to more... Uh, pressing matters. Let's talk about what is in stores and on air in Marvel TV this week, beginning with Iron Man Rise of Technivore, an all-new feature-length anime film starring, you guessed it, Iron Man. If you remember, we had the Iron Man anime series that aired on G4 about a year or so ago, I believe, and this is Tony Stark's next Amy adventure. But this time, he's brought along a few friends, including War Machine, Nick Fury, The Punisher, Black Widow, and Hawkeye. And he's going up against Ezekiel Stain. This thing is just pure action. It's got some really gorgeous visuals. Some great voice acting from the likes of Matthew Mercer and Norman Reedus. And is just really fun all around so you can pick it up now on blu-ray dvd or digital download if you're curious about where to find any of those you can just head on over to marvel.com right now we've got a few stories up on iron man rise of technivore all of which have links linking you to where you can find it but i'll be talking more about those technivore stories later on in the next segment so moving over to was on air this week no new episodes of marvel's ultimate spider-man however we do have some fantastic encores This Sunday, beginning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Inside Marvel Universe on Disney XD. Beginning with House Arrest, which was an episode that originally aired 
few weeks back, I think. And it's the one in which Peter and Nova invite everyone they know over for a party at Aunt May's house, only to accidentally set off the uh, protection programs, and they're basically locked in the house by all these shield defense mechanisms. I hate it when that happens, don't you? So they have to fight their way off their own house, and then after that, at 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time, is one of my favorite episodes of the series, Carnage, which features Carnage, Venom, Green Goblin, Harry Osborn versus Norman Osborn, all fighting over Peter Parker, and Peter Parker's stuck in the middle, and nobody knows he's Spider-Man, but now he's Carnage, and I, I just really like this episode. I think it's a lot of fun. I think it's got some... Uh, great emotional stakes in it and I think you should check it out if you haven't seen it yet so that pretty much covers everything on air and in stores this week I'll send you back to the fine fellows in New York and I will be back with you again very shortly with a ton of movie TV and games news alright thank you Strami I know Coachella took a lot out of you so uh, we're glad you're back among the living what a cool guy Yeah, <laughs> Ben why don't you give us some news uh, plenty of comics news this week a lot of cool stuff we are running this week and should still be running as you read this a series of interviews with Brian Michael Bendis about Age of Ultron it's called The Survivors it's covering all of the major players who made it to the beginning of Age of Ultron and Brian kind of expanding on why these people had what it took, what their roles are going forward, uh, and other great stuff. It's, it, it's a really good insight into Age of Ultron and the characters. Uh, it's always fun when Brian opens up on stuff like this. Last week, we had Karen Gillan talking about Iron Man, the secret origin of Tony Stark, which is coming at us fast and furious. And we had a pair of pieces with artists, which I always love when we can talk to artists about their process. Mike Diodato, who's going to be doing issues coming up on both Avengers and New Avengers, kind of took us through his process and the adjustment between he worked with Brian Michael Bendis on Avengers for so long, now he's doing some stuff with Jonathan Hickman. Really interesting stuff there, and of course some cool art. And also we spoke with Phil Jimenez, who is coming back to Marvel to work on Fearless Defenders, turning some beautiful stuff. We have his original pencil pages up. They're awesome. And he gets into kind of what, what he's up to and what he'll be doing next. And finally, last Friday, you guys have been hearing about the Once Upon a Time graphic novel that we've been putting out we debuted the beautiful cover by Nimit Malavia and it's great stuff so check that out alright um, I've been working on a whole lot of stuff for the Marvel's Iron Man 3 red carpet premiere which is on April 24th in Los Angeles and we're going to have a live red carpet live stream with photos and video and all kinds of good stuff there are uh Tons of things going on for that, so that's going to be a lot of fun. I also just wrote a little bit of something for uh, our Marvel Source Mightiest show, which is uh, the show hosted by Blair Butler, which we announced at South by Southwest. We'll have some more news about that soon, I hope. Um, for those of you who play Marvel Avengers Alliance, the PvP tournament ended. I did not get Phantom, Phantom X. X. Me neither. I... I got close though. Yeah, just, yeah. You know, I think we might have talked about this last week. I don't know, but we're working mm. on uh, the spec op with with this is the Ultron. M- most interesting and toughest spec op yet. I'm actually really enjoying I the aspect of having the group boss fights. Yeah, I love the group boss fights. It's just sometimes 
it's you don't you you lose some momentum because you may have to wait a little while yeah. for someone else to fight all time. But I like the I, it, it adds a new wrinkle, and I like that the uh, lock boxes are a little easier to get this time. Yeah. Makes things much more interesting. I've uh, I've still got two covers to get for Omega Sentinel. Omega Sentinel. Yeah. I cashed in forty and got four duplicates oh, at one point, man. and I was like, "Come on!" Very frustrating. I have hit a wall right now because for my next lock box mission. Um, I need to cover the whole stage one map, and I still don't have Psylocke, who I need for a deploy. So I'm saving up to get her finally. Something I should have done a while ago. Yeah. Uh, also, we saw that the GQ magazine has an Iron Man three cover with uh, Tony Stark on it, or Robert Downey Jr. I guess they are not the same person. No. Don't make that mistake, children. Blaine, do you know what GQ stands for? No, I do not. Gentlemen's Quarterly. That explains it. <laughs> it does. Yeah. He literally just explained it. Yeah. Very good. Excellent. At least you learned one thing during your internship. Yes. Uh, so that's cool. We have Lego Iron Man 3 posters, all kinds of fun stuff, and Strami will bring you more news about the movie. Welcome back this week in Marvelites. This is Marvel.com associate editor Mark Strom, otherwise known as Strami, coming to you with a boatload of Marvel movie, TV, and games news. Starting things off, Marvel's The Avengers won three MTV Movie Awards this past Sunday, including Best Fight, Best Villain, and Movie of the Year. So, congratulations to the cast and crew of Marvel's The Avengers for these well-earned and well-deserved awards. And... You will get to see at least one of these Avengers, Iron Man, next in Iron Man 3. Yes, we're getting closer and closer and closer, and as such, I have even more Iron Man 3 news for your enjoyment, beginning with the Iron Man tech presented by Stark Enterprises exhibit that opened inside Innoventions at Disneyland this past weekend. If you are a California native, a Southern California native, or if you are planning a trip to Disneyland soon, you will definitely want to check this out because it features Tony Stark's Hall of Armor, complete with the Marks 1 through 7. It includes the Mark 42. It includes a look at the evolution of his armors and how they were designed and built. And you can virtually suit up using augmented reality technology and see what it's like to wear the prehensile suit, the Mark 42, which you will, of course, see coming up in Iron Man 3. Our intrepid reporter, Christina Pham, went out there and covered it on its opening night, and you can read her tour of the exhibit on Marvel.com right now. But of course, that isn't the only Iron Man 3 news, far from it. We also unveiled two new posters for the film done by Lego, which features Lego minifigures done up in the poses of the uh, the teaser and the final one-sheet poster for Iron Man 3. They look great. You can, again, see them both on Marvel.com right now. 
And we also showed off a new featurette for the movie, which goes through some of those armors that I was just talking about. It shows off some of the new ones, talk about how Tony for... You know, the time in between Marvel's The Avengers and Iron Man 3 has just been building and building and building and more suits, more suits, more suits. As you know, he ended Marvel's The Avengers in the Mark 7. He starts off in the Mark 42 in Iron Man 3. That means we've got the Marks 8 through 41 that he built in that interim. It's really cool. You get to hear from Robert Downey Jr., uh, producer Kevin Feige, director Shane Black. Check it out right now on both the Marvel YouTube as well as Marvel.com. We began a series of articles looking back at some of Tony's cars from the different Iron Man films, beginning with a look back at the Audi R8 Coupe from... Iron Man from 2008's Iron Man. You can read that right now on Marvel.com. We will have very soon, once you are listening to this, if not when you are listening to this, an interview up with Don Cheadle, another installment of Iron Man 3, Under the Armor, and you get to hear Don Cheadle talk about playing Iron Patriot, what the transition from War Machine to Iron Patriot means for Rhodey, what's coming up for him in... Iron Man 3, all that type of good stuff. And you know what? Actually, I think that covers everything Iron Man 3 for this week. But in other Iron Man news, just not Iron Man movie news, we have the Iron Man Rise of Technivore anime film out on Blu-ray, DVD, and digital download right now. And to celebrate, we've been bringing a ton of great stories so far, we've shown you some pencil designs for some of the characters in the film, including a look at the Punisher, a look at how the animators developed the S.H.I.E.L.D. helicarrier, look at how they developed Iron Man's armor. We brought you an interview with Norman Reedus, who voices the Punisher. You may know him from AMC's The Walking Dead or Boondock, Boondock Saints. As you are listening to this, if not a little bit after you are listening to this, we will be featuring a clip from one of the bonus features from the Blu-ray on Marvel.com and the Marvel YouTube. And on Friday, so if you're listening to this on Thursday when it goes up, tomorrow, we will have an interview with writer Brandon Amon, who also has written for Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes, for Iron Man Armored Adventures, for tons of Iron Man stuff. He wrote the story for Iron Man Rise of Technivore, and you'll get to hear from him on Friday. So, apart from all that, we also have a full episode of Marvel's Ultimate Spider-Man streaming for free on Marvel.com. This is Season 2, Episode 3, Rhino. This will again be up, if not by the time you're listening to this, very shortly thereafter. It is a great episode, again, leading up to the big Sinister Six battle that happens in Episode 6. You get to learn the origin of the Rhino. You get to see more Flash Thompson. Actually, I love Flash Thompson in this episode. It's a really great Flash Thompson story. So you should check it out, again, on Marvel.com, streaming for free, full episode. Do it. And 
jumping from television to games, we announced the release date for the Deadpool video game. It is coming out on Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3 on June 25th. We've announced some pre-order exclusives for both GameStop and Amazon.com. These include things like extra maps, some exclusive costumes like the Uncanny X-Force costume. You can check out the full list of everything right now on Marvel.com. And that pretty much covers everything. I tried to blow through all that quickly so as to give our intrepid Uh, That's the second time I've used Intrepid today. Intrepid producer Blake Garris, less to work through. But I thank you all for listening, and I hope you have a lovely week, a lovelier weekend, and I will speak with you again in seven more days. Oh, man, Strami. Wow. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Time for fans, questions, and comments. Tweet them using the hashtag ThisWeekInMarvel, and we'll use them on an upcoming episode. You can also tweet them directly to at AgentM, at BenJMorse, at Blake Garrison, at Strami. We'll get to them. First up is One Patriot. He says, he has Strami. Is Rise of Technowar a movie or a TV show? Just watch the 10-minute preview. Looks sweet. Rise of Technowar is a direct-to-DVD or Blu-ray uh, video, what have you, Marvel anime project. So... That is, uh, it's about an hour long, give or take, I think. And it features Iron Man, Black Widow, Hawkeye, and Punisher facing Technovore, which is a thing that they face. And uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, there's a bunch of special features and cool things on it. You know, we're, do, we're doing some more direct-to-video stuff. I think it's kind of neat. So that's what that is. It's not a TV show, but if you watched Iron Man anime, you will have a sense of the style. Another one from one patriot, he says, so, quote-unquote, poop gets real in book six. If it hasn't been real in books one through five, then I don't know if I can handle six. Talking about Age of Ultron? I think. There's no... Yeah. Same books one through five and book six. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, It's all been real. It just gets more real. Real or real? It's like the real world. Like that guy. Yeah. What guy? I don't know. At Jedi Masketeer tweets... Did you all film a dirt sheet for AR? He's the man. He's referring to John Morrison, former WWE superstar who was in the office last week, part of our cavalcade of wrestling guests. Uh, We did not film anything for AR. John just came in. uh, He was actually visiting John Cerulli, who he used to work with back at WWE. So he was just getting the tour and stuff. Uh, He's in New York for a little while, so if he comes back, maybe we do something. He was an awesome guy, and he is a fan. So... Maybe in the future. I used to love his dirt sheet segments with The Miz, so that was a lot of fun. What were were those? I didn't watch. Uh, That was back when they were in ECW, when ECW was the third brand. Morrison Um, and Miz were in ECW? Not like ECW, ECW. Not Uh, my ECW. Not your ECW. It was when WWE brought back ECW, and they had them as kind of a a feeder brand. Uh, Miz and Morrison were a team. They used to do this show on WWE.com called The Dirt Sheet which was literally just them trashing other guys. Um, so they would make fun of Evan Bourne and say how he lived with his dad, and his dad was a geek, and they would dress up as people. Morrison used to dress up as Triple H. It was funny stuff. Uh, they were very, very humorous, and sometimes they do them on the shows. Interesting. Um, I, would love, I would love to have a AR dirt sheet. Sure. Uh, we seems like the interns missed a couple from 
Aljon, and uh, I'm going to get him in here because I saw them pop up yesterday. Um, looking forward to Marvel panels for C2E2. Anyone else going? Perhaps do a This Week in Marvel tweet up. Um, I'll be there. Blake will be there. I would love it if you guys uh, want to show up. I think next week will be our episode bef- right before the convention. So um, I'll probably have a better handle on the schedule and where I'll be and when there. So that maybe I can find a time and for anyone who is a This Week in Marvel listener, um, we can meet up at the Marvel booth and then I can hook you up with some swag and stuff like that. We'll see. Um, then Aljun also says, will we see Marvel Universe shows on Disney XD that have continuity like the cinematic universe? So he means, do they have a shared continuity, these uh, Marvel Universe on Disney XD shows? And I believe they do. I believe they all exist within the same universe, mm-hmm. these, these newer ones, Ultimate Spider-Man, Avengers Assemble, Hulk and the Agents of Smash. Uh, but we'll find out more as we get uh, further along. But yeah, I think we're pretty good about continuity and, and cool stuff like that. Alex B. Carlin, I want I wanting to start following a title in the Ultimate Universe. Any suggestions for a good jumping on point? Well, Alex, you're in luck because it was only a couple years ago, 2010 or 2011, I think 2011, that we kind of kick-started the uh, Ultimate Comics Universe following the death of Peter Parker, relaunched Ultimate Comics Spider-Man, Ultimate Comics X-Men, and Ultimate Comics Ultimate. So all three of those books are relatively young, and you can really jump on any of them and they're all designed to be new reader friendly so you can start those up i think they're all on the marvel app i think they're all in marvel unlimited uh i think you'll like all three so those are those are the three books to check out and also ultimate comics hawkeye launched as part of that initial salvo as well so if you want to check out all four of those el comanche I laughed hysterically when you did the voice screaming, you're full of baloney, I want a ringtone of it, hashtag baloney scroll. Did I do that? You must Who did have. that? I'm sure it was you. Uh, baloney scroll was not there, it was baloney scroll. Oh yeah, the baloney scroll. S-C-R-O-L-L, not S-K-R-U-L-L. You're full of baloney, Anthony. I think, I think your thick Long Island accent made it sound like scroll. It comes there. out every once in a while but, uh, and it just takes over. You know. I can't help it. All right, we had a couple from Centurion Joe. Talking about Hawkeye, that ending, why. Last week's Hawkeye issue, that was yeah. rough. Very rough. Yeah. Oh, this is, uh, this is something we already dealt with on This Week in Marvel... Age of Ultron, so I will direct Centurion Joe to go check this out. It has to do with Rich Rider. Uh, we, we address your question over on the Age of Ultron podcast, so if you haven't listened to it yet, give it a listen. Uh, Tom has a very interesting answer for you. Immortal Thor 99, can we get some better scheduling in Avengers Alliance? It's frustrating to have PvP and Spec Ops running at the same time and have PvP end in the middle of the day during the week. Most people can't play well at work. That's a great question, Chris. Uh, not something we have any control over. If you send that to uh, Avengers or Marvel Alliance on Twitter, they can they'll they'll get it. But um, I think they have data that backs up why they do these things and why they schedule things the way they do. Uh, I Ben and I are kind of with you. We like we we sort of would rather have them separate, but. Um, it is what it is, and it probably makes more sense business-wise for the team. 
All right, and one more from Immortal Thor. I'm on Spec Op 15, telling me to visit friends and fight Ultron, but I'm not understanding exactly what I'm supposed to do. I visit my friends daily, but what else? There's nothing going on, and I don't think they're playing at all. Uh, what you're going to need to do is eventually, hopefully, some of your friends are going to encounter Ultron, and when they do, it's going to pop up where your friends appear on the bottom of your screen. Immediately, the first friend who's fighting Ultron, it'll say they're fighting Ultron. It'll give you a prompt to go and help them out. Uh, if your friends aren't playing, then yes, you are out of luck. Yeah. Because they need to be doing the spec op as well, and they need to be going up against Ultron, so you may need to recruit some more allies who are more active. Yep. Um, you know, look at the This Week in Marvel hashtag, see if anyone else out there is looking for friends to join up on Marvel Avengers Alliance, and maybe you can mutually help each other get yes. through the spec op. Yes. At LCUCUI... I guess, uh, tweets, are we going to catch a glimpse of the Incredible Hulk or possibly learn of his fate soon? I think that's in reference um, to... That should be an Age of Ultron question. Yeah, you got to hashtag uh, that this week at Marvel AU. And I think we answered it this week. Perfect. So someone else asked it. Um, so yeah, listen to this week's edition. Boom. At Demox21 says, hashtag proud to be a fan of Marvel and this week in Marvel. Thank you, Dom. Thank you. At Comics Raw tweets, did Spider-Man wrestle in the comics as well as the movies? If so, Marvel has wrestling comics already. He sure did. He uh, that was that was his very first appearance. He wrestled Crusher Hogan. Crusher Hogan. Remember that was... Spider-Man's tangled web yep. story with Crusher sure Hogan? That... Written by Raven. Was it really? Yep. Raven co-wrote it. I forget who he co-wrote it with, but former WWE, WCW, ECW, TNA, everywhere else, <laughs> but AWA superstar. Uh, Raven co-wrote that issue. Um, that was forget, a really good issue. Yeah, I forget who he co-wrote it with. It was. It, it, I want to say Azarello. Yeah, it's not. It was, I think it was Azarello. It was. It was Raven and Azarello. How is my brain together. able to remember such things? I don't know, but yeah, you're right. I think it was Raven and uh, Brian Azarello co-wrote this issue, focusing on Crusher Hogan's point of view of Amazing Fantasy number 15. And it is awesome. Whether you're a wrestling fan or a comics fan, that is a really good story. Yeah. It's something you would never think about. Like what. What effect did Spider-Man have on this this guy who was just a jerk wrestler who appeared in a couple panels? But yeah. yeah. We've got other wrestling comics too. We had in Marvel two and one, the thing was a wrestler for years. So all yeah. sorts of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh and, and five twin demerits for not using the hyphen oh, or yeah, the uppercase a, M in Spider Man. That's Eddie. ugly. That's bad. All right. At Hayden Sane, who would be in your dream team of five Marvel characters? What what are they doing? What's the like what huh? is it just hanging out? <laughs> like Cable and Deadpool and Modoc and Artie and Leech. Hmm. That's a pretty cool. I guess I'd go with Nova, Cannonball, Iceman, Kitty Pride, and Luke Cage. Luke's a good I think, choice. Because those are all, like, teen jerks, and I'd like to see Luke try to knock them into shape. You know what? Or I'm, alternately, Shang-Chi. You know what? I'm dumping Artie, Leech, and Modoc. They just don't fit what I'm <laughs> what I'm going for here. Wow, that's... Yeah, that's three, harsh. That's three-fifths of your team. Yep, yep. <laughs> Cable, Deadpool, doing? Captain Marvel, um, and then a rotating cast of two that will come in and out as needed. Nice. Yeah. All right, another one from Hayden. You may have said by now, but how did you guys fare in PvP on Avengers Alliance? I squeezed into gold at 24.56. Yikes. 
I got diamond on the last one. I got vibranium. Yeah, I was I, I WrestleMania weekend killed me on mm-hmm. that. That was that knocked me out of contention. At FI7Z, Jeff tweets, I was a huge fan of Madison Jeffries as Box. When and why did he stop phasing into the armor? Uh, Madison Jeffries was always kind of a reluctant superhero type. He never really liked being Box. Um, and he went through some bad stuff for a while. I remember in fan favorite Frank Thierry's Weapon X series, he got basically brainwashed into building a concentration camp wow that's the kind of fun loving family friendly stories you can expect from frank thierry and Yikes. after that i think he was a little shell-shocked for a while until the x-men came and found him and brought him into the science team and he's been content to just kind of you know be on the sidelines doing that stuff since then so as always the answer for why this character's life is ruined is frank thierry that's a good rule of thumb if mm-hmm. you don't know who to blame Blame Thierry. Hashtag blame Thierry. That's a good one. That's a really good hashtag. At Chicago Wolf Rose tweeted, just submitted my free number ones. Can't wait to read them. Thank you. So that's a reference to the Marvel number one promotion. Uh, I hope as many of you as possible were able to take advantage of it. It was a very limited time thing. But it looks like it it did what it had to do. Mm -hmm. People got their books. Mm -hmm. I got 718 freebies or 707 freebies or whatever, which is great. I probably won't ever read them, or I've read probably 600 of them. It's the thought that counts. Probably closer to all of them. Yeah, it is the thought. So thank you, us, and thank you, you, for taking advantage. I've got one from former intern, Kristen Maldonado. She's like golden age Elaine. (laughs) Um, Talking about Gabriel Iglesias at Marvel. Came in a couple weeks ago. Yes, can't wait to hear the interview on this week in Marvel, guys. Yeah, he he was fun. He was a good... Yeah. Time to uh, bring around, show the office, and chat with. At Charming Red, Moms Read Comics tweeted, Just listen to This Week in Marvel where they wished Dr. Spidey a happy birthday. Did we? We did, because of Elaine. She won't stop talking about it on Twitter. Happy birthday. You know, I'm, I'm one of those... You know I'm not a big birthday guy. Someone no, You hate birthdays. A fan uh, asked me to tweet happy birthday to Mark Brooks. Mm. And I was like, well... I don't really care about birthdays too much, but I like Mark, so mm-hmm. congratulations on still being alive, Mark. Yeah, no, but Dr. Spidey has just been heaping praise upon Elaine I on Twitter, know. saying, I want her to come work for me at my orthodontist office. Nice. That's she, a good career move. Yeah, that could, you'd make a lot of money doing You could do that. a lot that way. That's true. That's a real tweet that happened. I read that the other day. He offered you a job. <laughs> you did not turn it down. Wow. Yeah. NickBert51, in reply to last week, I think yelling, I think I hear the ice cream truck is probably the best way to call the X-Men. <laughs> no idea what he's referring to. Where's my memory going? What is that? Uh, I don't know, but it was probably terrific. Probably hilarious. We say a lot of things. At Penelope Cat, Age of Ultron or Paul Cornell's Wolverine first? How do I choose? You can't. You read can't. them both. Yeah, get them both. Yeah, read them side by side. Yeah, one page, one page. Yeah, alternate. that won't be confusing. Here's a whole avalanche from Ref Gemlin. <laughs> a bit out of touch with recent Black Panther events. After Shuri took the mantle, what totem provides his power? Uh, for a while, he was just basically going with his natural fighting skills because Shuri had the power of the Black Panther. But in Jonathan Hickman's Fantastic Four run, uh, there was a couple issues take place in Wakanda where the Black Panther was the focus, and he basically made a deal with some of the panther god specifically in the realm of the dead knowing there was big stuff coming up that is unfolding now in new avengers and got himself kind of a new set of powers so that's why he and sherry are both able to be 
Black Panthers at the moment. Nice. Another from Ralph Gamblin. Thank you to Ryan for defending my innocence in This Week in Marvel, episode 76. My Fantastic Four reference wasn't intended to be creepy. That was when he was crushing on Valeria Richards, toddler, fictional toddler. Leave it be. Loving the mental image of Galactus being served a series of planetary appetizers and tasters thanks to This Week in Marvel 74.5. That is with our man... uh, Food guy. Justin. Yes, Justin Henry. Um, <laughs> Eat fellow Warner. humans. Yep. He is awesome. Uh, I look forward to hopefully going to his restaurant someday if he doesn't hear this podcast. Yes. <laughs> also, thanks to this week in Marvel 74.5, I'm beginning to think that jellyfish is a delicacy worth investigating. I kind of came out of that podcast thinking that. and uh, You and me both, Robert. I don't, I will I don't total- know if I'm stuck with it. If I, if I go to Justin's restaurant, I will totally eat it if they have it. Will Victor Mancha be playing a bigger role in Age of Ultron than just his one shot? Uh, remains to be seen, but we can tell you he will be in Avengers AI. He has been confirmed as part of that cast. Boom. With recipes being snuck into Secret Avengers Marvel AR, can we expect to see Coulson's cookbook anytime soon? No. <laughs> no. Defin- no. Hard no. Hard no. And at Strami, thanks for great content in This Week in Marvel 76. I'm going to have a Dawn Payne evening of Thor, Fantastic Four, and more in tribute. That's, of course, uh, Don Payne, screenwriter for Thor, Fantastic Four, and various other movies. He passed away a couple weeks ago. Yep. Mm-hmm. Strami talked about him a couple weeks back. At Didunkolins, Ryan Hood tweets, Whenever I think life is rough, it helps to read classic Spidey. Just read Amazing Spider-Man 72 on Marvel Unlimited, and I feel a lot better. You're welcome. Dr. Underscore Spidey tweets, Thanks so much for the birthday shout-out and the latest This Week in Marvel, Elaine. Hope your day is great with minimal intern tasks. the worst. Yeah, we wouldn't want her to do her job. Gosh. Don't worry. Even days with maximum intern tasks, she does minimum intern tasks. (laughs) Hello! Oh, oh, so mean. Whatever. Go, at, go cry to your Twitter friends. At SD Story tweets, please adjust your sound levels oh, via iTunes on iPhone. iPhone. Miss the first three minutes while I turn it up, and the next podcast breaks my ears. Yeah. Uh, that's the, actually the first time we've heard that. Yeah, we fixed it for quite a while. We yeah. haven't had any complaints in quite some time. So, so are you, maybe you're listening to an older episode. Yeah. Because um, if anyone else is having that problem, please, please let, let us know, know because Blake needs to know. Uh, Elaine is writing it down right now. Mm-hmm. What needs to be told to Blake? Um, yeah, we need to find that out. At Simon Sebs, who decides which comics go on the 99 cent sales on the Marvel app? That would be Mr. Jim Nasidis. He, I was in a meeting with him earlier this week where he said, I decide what goes in the 99 cent sales on the Marvel app. So there you go. Very good. Who is your favorite Marvel heroine? Uh, mine's Kate Pride. I think I've said that before. Captain Marvel. Great point of view character, and I've always enjoyed her. I know yours is Captain Marvel. Elaine, do you have a favorite Marvel heroine? Rogue. Rogue. Everybody bashes on her, but I think she's awesome. Why do they bash on her, sugar? (laughs) She just steals everybody else's (laughs) power. We're right (laughs) over your head. Right over. (laughs) Uh, And how many heralds has Galactus had? Which is your favorite? All right, let's see. We can do this. Silver Surfer, of course. I think he had one way back before him. Probably. It was in like the Thanos series or something. Uh, Fire Lord, Terax, Airwalker, Nova, not Nova, Nova, Girl Nova, Morg. Uh, there's one called Red Shift. Yep. 
you had Stardust. 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 Better Ray Bill was for a hot second. Yep. That old guy in Thor. The old pastor guy. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I think Slaughter Surfer is always my favorite. Person. So how many is that, Elaine? You were counting, right? I think that was ten. Right? Ten? I don't know. Eight? You're supposed to be keeping track. Eight. I think it was like eight. Somewhere between eight and ten. Maybe nine. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. You can go back and check it out. But Silver Surfer's my favorite. Yeah, I mean, you well, know. I do love Morg. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, hey, how can we make Terax more 90s? <laughs> yeah. Let's make he really more. Is, yeah, he really is just Terax, like, designed differently. Yeah, that's all he was. No offense to whoever created Morg. Whatever. I think it was Ron Lim and either Ron Mars or Jim Starlin. To this, I mean, we could still remember all the, the Morg goodness. I love Morg. He killed him some Nova. He killed Nova, that's true. And that allowed Retrider to take back the codename, which is great. <laughs> so thanks, Morg. <laughs> I really like Morg now. Morg, 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 Morg. Yeah. At Asbiv tweets, Podcast 74.5 with Justin Warner was great. It made me hungry and reminded me why I love Nightcrawler. Is his death in Marvel Unlimited? I believe it is. That's a couple years ago. It's probably in there. It's during X-Men Second Coming. Yeah. So um, there's there's an events area, Mm -hmm. which may or may not be fully correct in Marvel Unlimited, but I will browse it real quick. Meanwhile, I'll read Stephen's next tweet, which is, read Fearsome 4 on Marvel Unlimited today and liked it more than I expected to. Always fun to find good stories. Nice. That would be the Fear Itself one. And yes, Second Coming is on Marvel Unlimited. If you go to the events all the way down at the bottom, X-Men Second Coming, read that one and you'll you'll be able to see his tragic death. Heroic death. Final one from Stephen Barr. Just finished listening to This Week in Marvel, episode 76. Another great podcast, but now two weeks in a row without any of my tweeted comments. I must be commenting too late or getting my tweets out during WrestleMania so they get lost. Listen to every week. Keep up the great work. Happy 75th. Bobblehead. In what universe does extermination happen? No numbers, please. Uh, Well, first of all, here's your tweet. So, congratulations. Welcome back. Uh, Extermination is taking place in two separate universes, the regular Marvel Universe and also the Age of Apocalypse Universe. The Extreme X-Men are bouncing back and forth, trying to help out. At Lex Pendragon tweets, Is Rise of the Technovore part of this Marvel Cinematic Universe? I like Rogue being released when she shows up in Gambit. Thank you? What? I don't know. That was like a haiku or something. I don't know what that second part is, but the first part, the answer is no. It's not part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's just... It's its own thing. Yep. Own thing. At Timmy Westside tweets, 700 plus free Marvel digital comics through Comixology. All these number ones are getting interested, getting me interested on a bunch of new series. Glad to hear that, Timothy. And then what, I think this is the last one of the week, is what trade paperbacks would you recommend to get prepared for Iron Man 3, The Wolverine, and Thor The Dark World? For Iron Man 3, we've actually got, coming up on Marvel Unlimited, a whole spotlight on everything you need to know to get ready for Iron Man 3. So I would say to stay tuned for that, but there's a lot of great stuff for that. Wolverine is, of course, loosely based on the Chris Claremont, Frank Miller series from the 80s, so can't hurt to read that. It's a great story to boot. And Thor The Dark World heavily involves Malkith, who was a major player in the Walt Simonson run on Thor. So those would be my recommendations. 
Those are perfect recommendations. There you go. All right. That wraps up another episode of This Week in Marvel. Thank you to Elaine and any of the other interns who worked on getting all our information together. None. It was all Elaine. All Elaine. Okay. I'll give credit to my fellow interns. Conflicting reports. You passed the test. (laughs) No, I was was trying to trick her. Gotcha. Um, Thank you to Strami, Blake, Ben, and most importantly, thank you to everyone who listens and comments. We'll be back with more episodes next week. This is Marvel. Your universe.